Hello, welcome back. It's week 47 on Out on That Line. I'm Jeff with my co-host Alex. Alex, how are you doing this week? Jeff, I've lost all sense of time. I don't know really? where I am or when it is because we, you know, we also love a good mea culpa on the show, right? Mm-hmm, we do. Well, here's a big one. You may have noticed that week 46 never took place. What? We had us an episode that I thought was pretty decent. And my audio got corrupted. We couldn't release it. I mean, unless I wanted to do a very one-sided conversation with you, which I actually think would have been funny, and I should have done that. (laughs) Well, maybe we can do a little contest for our listeners. And whoever wins the contest gets that audio file of just my (laughs) half the episode. Perfect. I'm going to cut strategic (laughs) shit out so you're just, like, rambling about Satan. (laughs) You're just going to hear a lot of... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're just going to hear a lot of that. It's going to be perfect. Well, also, listeners, as you're sitting there on your computers that fit in your pockets, and as you're listening to this possibly on some wireless headphones, some expensive wireless headphones, or maybe even the car speakers through through Bluetooth, I want you to know that technology is not always a good thing as you're listening to us through those means. And I'm going to let my co-host rant a little bit about technology because I feel like there's still some fires burning in that furnace and he might be ready to go. From the botch job? Yes. This botched episode? You know what, Jeff? I hate to disappoint you, but I've come all the way around. I went through all the, the phases. There was like anger, depression, bargaining, and finally acceptance. And uh, I got to say, I've, I've taken to the idea of the episode as a lost episode and forever canon is there was a 46, just no one got to hear it. And that's only this something is like for this, you and me. This is like that Wu-Tang album that Martin Shrelly had. Oh, yeah. He got it taken away, right? I don't fucking know. Well, we're going to lock this one away in a vault. Someday, it's going to be worth millions. It's literally just going to be audio of Jeff having the most confusing, one-sided conversation (laughs) of his life. Maybe I'll take my audio from an old episode and just smash it in there, and it'll be like Alice in Wonderland chaos. Let's do it. What What if we gave it to Rory? And he did have a little him, fruity loops. Have him chop and screw. Yeah. I'm afraid of what might come out. Who knows what <laughs> words I used and how they might be able to be rearranged and put back yeah. together. <laughs> YouTube algorithm will love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I have I have really just to completely change the subject here. I have been listening to a lot of like lo-fi music. Yeah. For, for whatever reason. Um, there's one, it's one called like lose my mind or something like that. And I saw it on Instagram and do you ever listen to like lo-fi stuff? It's almost like techno, but just like drum and bass, you know, it's just like really, really kind of detuned vocals and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I mean like I listen to a lot of stuff like bedroom pop and dream pop Mm. and shoegaze and shit like that. And shoegaze in particular can be like wildly produced or it can be kind of stripped back. 
And like, I, I like lo-fi. Lo-fi is something I slap as a label on everything. I'll be like, yeah, I want to make a movie. And it's got to like have this kind of like washed out lo-fi look. And people look at me in awe because it's like they've never heard it before. And I'm the smartest guy they've ever met. And that makes me feel good for a minute. And then eventually I go home and I cry in the car because I'm a fraud and a failure. And <laughs> slug a pint of ice cream and forget all about lo-fi music until tomorrow. Well, I was I was I was listening to it on the drive home from from a training I was in for work today. And I really just I put this song on. It's called Matter of Time by Vandalux featuring Alex Marr. And for whatever reason, I I heard this song on Instagram and it just inspired me to create a playlist. So I went back through like all of the old EDM songs that I used to listen to and I was like, "No, those just aren't those just aren't doing it." So I found more of this like just lo-fi stuff. So listeners, if you have more of this, I'm hungry for it. Send it to me. There's only so much Spotify can do for me in this sort of situation. I want the nitty grit. If you're into this kind of music and you listen to that song, Matter of Time by Vandalux, and you can find me more like that, maybe we'll do a whole segment on that on the show in the future and you will get a shout out. Oh, shit. Remember to send me this song at the end of the episode. I, I want to check this out. Yeah, I, I may be able to give you your next fix there, Junkie. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I still got plenty of vein left here, so All right. we're just getting started. Hell yeah! Yeah, we're not we're not we're not scarring yet. If all else fails, we got between the toes and the vein at the back of the dick, baby. It's all <laughs> perfectly legal. <laughs> well, we have, and I know it's early in the episode, and you know, if you have other things you want to talk about, we got we got a little time to kill on this one, unless you want to keep it real short. But the reason that I brought up the lo-fi thing is because we're going to do the Billie Eilish album this week. The new one that came out on my birthday, July 30th. Uh, and folks, I noticed maybe the, I'll just assume that the presents are late in the mail. Okay. Everybody, I'll just assume they're late. Sometimes the post office messes up. I get it. Sometimes UPS doesn't deliver, but I get it. They're just late. I'll see them soon. It's only almost two weeks later. No big deal. No big deal. But listening to this Billie Eilish album, we can get into it a little later. I got a lot of hints of that lo-fi music that I was a fan of. And that's what kind of brought this up for me. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, fuck it. Let's just jump right in. Okay. Because I know we've got, we've got thoughts on this. We do. We do. Um, I So as everyone remembers my story with Billie Eilish, didn't really give a shit, didn't like her, didn't get it, moved on. And then I'm like, well, you know, that's like not really giving her a fair shake to just kind of write her off categorically like that. So I listened all the way through, uh, oh God, the fucking title. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Did I get you it? You got it. I think that's the first. <sighs> Fuck yeah. That's a first. I feel accomplished. Congratulations. Thank you. This is a big moment for me. I honestly don't know. If it sounds really correct, though. I can't. I don't have it up in front of me to know to tell you the truth, but it really it sounds right. It Closest sounds really to the hole, right, baby. Golf yeah. holes. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. So then I went back and listened to that all the way through, and I was like, I see your Billie Eilish. I see your value now, mm-hmm. and I think she's very talented. And this album came out, and I was like, this is either going to go full steam ahead, weird with the avant garde shit she was doing on when we all fall asleep. Or she's going to try to do something different, and this is going to be a huge fork in the road where she might lose a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And 
I have not looked at anyone else's reaction to this. Me either. I don't know what the world is saying about this album. I only know what I thought about it. And I thought it was a regression in terms of experimentation, but it was a step forward in terms of putting, like, loosening that distance between her and the music. She put Mm -hmm. way more of herself into it. Yeah. And as a result, took some chances where, like, St. Vincent has a very future forward sound and step backwards to make Daddy's Home. This is similar. It's not quite so stylized like Daddy's Home was yeah. with the 1970s New York aesthetic. But Billie Eilish is definitely committing to a whole different style with flashes of what was on her old stuff. But I really, really like the direction she took this in. Yes. And I am going to wholeheartedly agree with you there because I really, I, I mean, I think you ended up liking her first album a lot more than I did. I never, I never started out thinking it was bad. So I think I just stayed kind of right in the lane I was in and you kind of hopped up on the Billy Eilish, Eilish highway, you know, where it's like, we're still going the same direction. Uh, but I just didn't, I didn't go crazy about it. That I mean, bad guy is a, is a fucking bop. I mean, there is no doubt about that. That song fucks. And the first time I heard that song, I was like, who is this? Cause like that kind of beat, I was like, this is very, very interesting. Like I really, this doesn't sound like anything else I'm hearing on the radio these days. So it was it was a really cool experience getting to hear that when it was kind of happening live. And then I just kind of didn't, I listened to the album probably a few times and I was like, eh, don't really care for the rest of it. Um, always kind of liked what she was about. You know, never had a problem with her. I was just like, eh, not for me. It Like Miley Cyrus used to be like, not for me. Mm-hmm. But then this happened just like when Miley Cyrus, you know, started kind of getting real weird with it and it wasn't party in the USA anymore. You know, it was, it was Miley getting a little crazy. This to me is she didn't go crazy. I think she's probably less crazy now, Billie Eilish. I'm talking about than she was back then, but it's that much of a departure, you know. And I think that change for me really made a huge difference. Um, I think what a big part of it was was kind of the maturity of the songwriting. And I guess, like, not to say that the writing on, you know, when we all fall asleep, where do we go was immature or anything like that, but she was a lot younger then. You know, and, and, and hadn't experienced the world as a famous person yet, really. Um, you know, probably had some kind of modicum of success, but not to the point where she couldn't go places without paparazzi taking pictures of her everywhere. You know, this album, she has now lived that. And I think those experiences kind of really come through in the music in several of the songs. I mean, we're going to talk about six of them here. And I think part of that is going to apply for every one of the ones that we're going to talk about as far as the kind of change in her personal life. And then that, how that translates to a change in her musical life. And I think this album was a really, really big step for her where a lot of people take a big step back mm-hmm. on their sophomore album. Cause they're trying to fit into a certain aesthetic or a certain place that they think they need to some sort of niche. I don't think she was worried about that. You know, I think this, what I got the sense of was like, this is the music she wanted to make. And I really, I like the whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the songs that we're going to talk about, but just spoiler alert, I like the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, this was a bold leap for her again, in terms of like taking her fan base by the hand and saying, do you trust me? We're going to jump. And I think that's cool. And I think it was your, if you went along for the ride, you're rewarded by the big leap in maturity because you're right. The songs on when we all fall asleep are, you know, I don't want to say inconsequential or fluffy, but 
they don't really carry the weight of like where's Billy at. She was more telling stories than revealing parts of herself. Mm-hmm. And then this album flipped that where she's telling stories still, but now they involve her. She's speaking very candidly and still super fucking young. If she's 19 right now, I mean, I'd be surprised. I know she was like 16, 17 yeah. when we all fall asleep came out. Um, but I mean, like you said, the time, the before time, before she blew up to now, when she has to add, like, and we'll get into the shit that she has to do for her life. It's pretty fucking wild. But, like, that's that's reflected in the songwriting. That quantum leap in maturity because of what the reality of the business is. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, no sophomore slump. Do you Are you familiar with Hobo Johnson and the Lovemakers? No. Okay. So that was a group friend of the pod Andy got me into. He showed me their uh, Tiny Desk concert. Mm-hmm. And it was really fucking compelling. It's like spoken word beat poetry like mumble core white guy hip-hop it's yeah. fucking wild it's hard to describe but it was really cool and the first all the rise of hobo johnson great um whatever the fucking second one was called uh, the wheels start to come off yeah he just did a new one called the revenge of hobo johnson actively sucked it's a oh, case no. of somebody who takes what they did well and rides it until it goes off the fucking rails. Mm-hmm. And I think Billie Eilish, she's going to be a young girl, young sensation in this business. She's not going to be a sheep. She's going to be a shark. And I think she figured out you adapt or you die. And that's, that's what this album is. Yeah. And I really, you know, it kind of reminded me of like Dua Lipa, like future nostalgia, not necessarily musically, but as far as like what I think it meant, to the artist and i think we've seen what it meant to do a leap i mean she absolutely blew up but and i think you know this album for billy eilish is still so new that there's been only I think one single from it uh but it's it's like i think this album is going to do for billy eilish what future nostalgia did for dua lipa you know i think it's going to be that level um if if people give it a chance i think there's there's always that caveat there's so much there's so many options for people to listen to nowadays that like, is this really going to move the needle for a lot of people? You know, who knows? But hopefully it does. I think that the quality is there that if it does move the needle for people, then I think it's going to blow up a lot. And again, I didn't even look at any of the reviews or anything. I never do because um, I just I, I don't want to have somebody else influencing my my thinking on something. I'll check them out after and see like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, now that it's now that it's on wax, like, let's see if people agreed with with what I thought about it. Um, but with this one, I didn't even bother because I was like, I'm was excited enough about it. I felt like I understood it well enough. I was like, I don't need to see what anybody else had to say about this one. Like, I know this is good music. I don't need anybody else to to reinforce that for me. Like, I think if I if I see people disagreeing, I'm gonna wonder why. I'm gonna be interested in what they didn't like about it or why they thought it was you know not as good of an album as their first one. Um, because I think it's better. Not that. You know, I think the first one just wasn't for me, so I'm not going to necessarily say it's a worse album. You can probably speak to that more as far as how they compare to each other. But like this one for me was way more interesting and had way more for me to kind of dig into and, and understand about her. And I thought I just thought for that reason, it was just a much better, much deeper experience. Yeah. Well, should we jump right in and start talking sure. about these songs? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Awesome. All right, so the first one, first track on the album is Getting Older, and that was one of my picks. And 
I thought this was an interesting opener. I'm trying to get a sense of what the sound is going to do, right? Like, what what kind of soundscapes is she going to give? Because the only single that I heard, apparently they dripped out, they being her and her brother Phineas, mm-hmm. who produced a lot of the beats on this album. So he'll come up a bunch. Um, so Billie Eilish and Phineas were putting the album together over a long period of time. And I think they dripped out a couple singles before. Couldn't tell mm-hmm. you which ones, but I think some stuff came out slowly. The one that I heard was that uh, I think therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only one I heard, and I was like, "Yeah, this is very much like something you'd find on When We All Fall Asleep, um, if not with some of the rough edges sanded off." Because some of the sounds on When We All Fall Asleep are like a fucking buzzsaw. And there's just some like really weird sampling choices made that mm-hmm. are great, but it, it it like borders on unlistenable. It just like toes the line. Um, and there was none of that in that song, but it had that same kind of slink to it. Like what was that song mm-hmm. they used in Birds of Prey? All the good girls go to hell or whatever. Yeah. Um, it very much felt like that. So I heard that song and I was like, okay, is that going to be what the album is? That's interesting because that's not really moving forward and it's not really even making a lateral move so i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna feel about this but then we get this song and it immediately set the tone for the things we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. and i was i bought the ticket and took the ride yeah this one for me was you know because i i really because i didn't like the the other one that much you know i liked bad guy and was ocean eyes was also a good song i mean like the two big ones from that album uh, but I just didn't really get into the rest of it. So I was like, I don't know how this one is going to be. But then this song, and I heard the songwriting. You know, the mu- musically didn't really do a ton for me. But, you know, when I the lines, last week I realized I crave pity. When I retell a story, I make everything sound worse. Can't shake the feeling that I'm just bad at healing. And maybe that's the reason every sentence sounds rehearsed. I mean, just a very, very interesting kind of introspection that's going on here on this song. And I think for somebody, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know if we can verify her age. We probably can. We both have phones. We both have the internet directly I'm in front it. of us. Um, but knowing that she's just young, you know what I mean? Like the same way that Olivia Rodrigo is young, you know, and it's just like realizing that they're far beyond their years as far as talent and songwriting goes, you know, and, and I, and I wonder this kind of brought up a funny thing for me. I was like, I wonder how much the internet has influenced how quickly kids have to grow up these days. You mm-hmm. know, just like I didn't even have a cell phone until I was 16. Like having internet on a cell phone was unheard of until I was in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, like you saw a few people that had the original iPhone, but like that was barely usable compared to what, what phones have become today. You know, and just like the social media and how that exists and how it's just this constant comparison to everybody else. But all you ever see is the best parts. And so like that's what you have to compare to. So it's like everything that's not that, that's not equal to what you're seeing online feels empty because you don't feel like that's a fulfilling enough thing because you want to have those things too. And it's just like how quickly do kids these days have to grow up because of everything they're exposed to and everything, you know, you don't have... You're not fully developed in your brain. You see things like teenagers get jealous. You know what I mean? Like I remember kids that were dating in high school 
we're arguing all the time because there's hormones going crazy. There's just like distractions everywhere. It's like, how are you supposed to have a mature relationship if neither of you are mature? You know, it's just like, how quickly do these kids nowadays have to grow up? Like how much sooner does that kind of stuff happen in life now? I have no idea. I'm so, I'm so disconnected from any kids that age, but like a song like this, it just made me think like, wow, like what has she had to go through in her life that I didn't have to at that point, you know? And like, how different is that experience now 15 years later? It's, it's pretty fucked up. And also like, I mean, she started out, if I'm not mistaken on SoundCloud was where she cut her teeth and you know, you, you, grew up so to speak in the public eye she is 19 so it's been like okay. th- two three years that you've kind of exploded into this huge star and again that is a quantum leap in maturity at a formative time in your life so you're talking about social media and stuff it's hard enough being a consumer imagine being someone that puts shit out you are a right you are a literal child and there are people that will fucking threaten your life on social on instagram because they didn't like something you said like she got knocked for saying something like i wish i had grown i wish i had grown up poor because i feel like it would have like been less stressful or something like that and it's a clunky way of saying it because once again she's a fucking teenager Mm -hmm. but like the knives came out as soon as she said that and it's like she is a child growing up in the public eye can we afford her just some modicum of grace? Mm-hmm. So now that she's coming into her own, we've got a song like Getting Older, and it's her taking stock of like, my innocence was used up in like two fucking years. The things I've had to see and do, like, you know, and not like I'd kill a man once. I don't mean to make it like that dramatic. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, Maybe. anything's possible. Yeah. Who knows? sacrifice some guy on a pentagram to get where you are i don't know you tell me <laughs> billy but it's it's fucked up and she she the music like you said is very meat and potatoes and i mean that as a compliment because she's more trying to get her message across and mm-hmm. and her style because people have accused her of like she does the numb mouth boring thing but it's more creative than that she has more going on so when she strips back and does these kind of lilting sometimes acoustic songs it gives you it's way more personal so like i really appreciate that aspect of it and this is one of the most personal songs on the album yes i think that billy eilish is everything that lana del rey wishes she could be correct you know i think just as far as like how the kind of vocal stylings and stuff like that i think billy eilish is light years more talented um but it's just i think a lot of folks might lump this in with music like that that kind of just like shoegaze pop music that that kind of hap- that exists now there's a few great artists with that and there's a few that are just terrible you know Lana Del Rey being one of them so I think people lump this in with that and don't really think of this as its own individual thing um, you know just like how people considered Phoebe Bridgers like all of a sudden a drastic departure from what like indie pop could be you know, I think that's how people should give, you know, people should give the same credit to Billie Eilish for an album like this, because I think it's trying to expand a little bit on what her sound is supposed to be, you know, and I think the more you push on those boundaries, the wider your playing field gets and the more that you have at your fingertips in order to take advantage of to create this stuff. So I think when artists 
shrink their boundaries, which it sounds like that Hobo Johnson band did, you know, when they shrink those boundaries and they're like, oh, we can only play in this small area. That's where you get yourself into trouble. You know, and I think when someone like Billie Eilish starts pushing those walls out a little bit and saying like, well, what else is possible? What else can I uncover here? Like, where else can I go and go and figure some stuff out? You know, I think it's a really admirable thing. And then you just, you know, probably keep bringing up the fact that she's 19 doing this. You know, that is a, that is a level of kind of smarts and maturity that you don't expect out of a teenager. You know, you don't expect that out of kids these days. You know, it's just like, where where is this coming from? Like, what has she gone through that's caused her to grow up this quickly? You know, and it worries me a little bit. Um, you know, she's giving the world some great music, but at what cost, Alex? At what cost? That remains to be seen. Uh, and like the album, like legitimately acts as it like poses that question. What will be the cost? Because yeah. she's not just singing about shit like I went and bought a Gucci purse and then I went to Nobu and spent a thousand dollars on a sushi boat. And then I bought an actual boat and ate more sushi on it. Isn't life fucking we're all a bunch of schoolgirls like hooray. But it, there's none of that on this. None of it is a brag. It's all like I can see her sitting down for an interview and being like, do you want to legitimately know what my life is like? Because there's the impression you get from social media. There's the impression you form in your mind based on other people. But I don't know if anyone's just been straight up bone dry, candid with mm-hmm. you. And she has the affect in her voice and with her style to deliver it completely straightforward, no editorialization to drive the point home. This whole mm-hmm. album is her telling us what her life is like. So to go to an, the next song, which is my my pick, Billy Bossa Nova, this is a very deceptive song because it's a bossa nova, which is, you know, if, if you hear Billie Eilish bossa nova, I think you can put together what that would sound like. But, like, that's not the point. It's the vehicle for what she's talking about, mm-hmm. which is this idea that when you are as famous as her, you need to check into hotels with a fake name. You need to move in the shadows. You think if you're a big star, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can actually do way less than you could do before. Mm-hmm. You can't even sneak to a hotel for a romantic weekend without it making headlines. And yeah, what's what's this song about? Can you tell us a little it, more? Don't do it, Jeff. <laughs> Could you tell us a little more? Don't put that on me. I escaped. <laughs> Episode 46 is in the dirt, and I remember. You tried to pillory me for picking the sex song, Jeff. Well, I, I mean, I, I it's just time is a flat circle, my friend, because here we are again. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's one of the more compelling things. <laughs> I got to say, I, I'm surprised that it was this one. I thought it was going to be um, – oh, there was another one on here that was – that was more oh oxytocin was a little more of a graphic one i thought that was going to be the one yeah i didn't like that one as much i thought about it for a minute and i was like i don't know i don't think so yeah see i thought it was either going to be this one or that one yeah no i i i I, I pretty much my ear got snagged by billy bossa nova by the sound and then you listen to it and you're like oh great i have to Die on the cross of picking picking a fucking nookie song again, don't I? <laughs> well, um, fiance of the pod, Marla will be happy because you know apparently. So she said in an interview that this marvelous heritage behind this song started with Jao Gilberto, who was a uh, bossa nova artist who did uh, Getson Gilberto, um, the girl from Ibeline. You may be familiar. 
Uh, no, not at all. None of this. This is not an area the, I've ever. It's the song that. Dun, 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 oh, the girl dun, from Ipanema. Ipanema, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's I him. Do know that one? Yeah, that's him. So it's like okay. that's where this song kind of, kind of germinated from. So I thought that was pretty cool. And again, like that's a level of like, okay, so you get an artist that'll pay tribute to you know Miley Cyrus will do a song with Billy Idol. You know, you've got these like very. <laughs> They'll pick an artist and they'll do like a famous artist from back in the day and they'll make they'll bridge that age gap that way. But like going with Joe Gilberto is like that's a that's a big deal. Like that's not something most people are gonna are gonna pull out. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's a good tidbit because yeah, I mean that enhances the bit for sure. Because like I said before, if I say Billy Eilish Bossa Nova to you and you know what Bossa Nova is and you know yeah. who Billy Eilish is your brain can probably fill in the blanks and, and might honestly turn some people off. Who knows? Um, some of the, some of the people that I have talked to about this, trying to see who's listened to it and who hasn't, Mm -hmm. it's polarizing. People who have listened to it have been like very cagey in what they say to me. And the people who haven't are dead terrified to listen to it. Yeah. It's very weird. That's very, that's strange. I wonder what they think they're going to hear. You know, I, I think it's it's I don't want to say Billy diehards. I don't think I know a single Billy Eilish diehard, but um, people I know who really, really enjoy her stuff can't bring themselves to listen because they're scared yeah. that she's going to fucking eat the bag on this one. Well, I, I mean, I, I think if you haven't listened to it yet and you were needing a push to listen to it, you know, I, I consider this your push listeners. I mean, it's I don't think you're going to be disappointed. If you're already a Billie Eilish fan, I think you're going to be quite happy with the effort here. If you're not already a Billie Eilish fan, I think this might go a long way towards making you one. You know, I think I think the the songwriting is plenty good enough. The music is varied and interesting enough throughout the album. You know, I think that's another strong part of this album is because you have your you have your slow songs, you have your like little acoustic ballads, and then you have your kind of bad guy type type style songs you have those like kind of lo-fi ones with some weird kind of sonic like accents and things like that throughout you know i think it i think it remains for being kind of a long album i think it's almost an hour long Mm -hmm. for being you know one of the longer albums we've listened to in a while i felt like there was a lot going for it as far as how interesting it was listening all the way through because it's like i enjoyed that dirty honey album but it was the same thing all the way through you know, mm-hmm. thankfully that album was as short as it was because I think you get sick of that after a while. Like I think with an album like this, if you do the same thing they did and you just have 15 songs that sound like Billy Bossa Nova, that's going to get a little boring. So I think how different and varied the songs are in this and how varied the style of the songwriting is, you know, I think she was just had a lot of stuff going on. She was like, I'm just going to make the album that I want to do. And we'll make it all sound good because I think Phineas, her brother, is a pretty damn good producer. And I would imagine he's going to have his own career. And I think he does already. I mean, I think he's playing ACL this year. <laughs> um, just him. So, you know, I think there's there's an obvious talent going on with this music. And, and whether you might like some songs more than others or anything on the album, I'm sure we certainly had some that we liked more than others. You just said you didn't like that oxytocin one as much as this one. Uh, but it's like, it's impossible to listen to this, at least for us, I think, and not appreciate at least the talent and work that went into it 
you know, I think it's, we, we do like the music in general, but I think it would be impossible for us to listen to something like this and trash it like we would like a Taylor Swift, even if we didn't like the music. I think it's one of those things where it's like, you understand the effort that went into it. So maybe it's not for you, but there's no reason to not like it. No. And like this, I'm going to read the first verse. Love when it comes without a warning, because waiting for it gets so boring. A lot can change in 20 seconds. A lot can happen in the dark. Love when it makes you lose your bearings. Some information's not for sharing. Use different names at hotel check-ins. It's hard to stop it once it starts. Like, this whole thing, without being overly clever and overly metaphorical, paints the picture for you perfectly, where it's like, I, I can see that, like, so we go back to uh, love when it comes without a warning because waiting for it gets so boring. If you're so intensely scheduled and so closely protected like she is, you kind of have to like plan for alone time, which is not spontaneous and sucks. So she talks here about like it's this little flash of spontaneity. We have a short window. We have limited options for where to mm-hmm. do this. And I know how intimidated you are. And that makes it 10 times fucking better. So it, it she paints quite a picture of what she has to go through, but doesn't act necessarily put upon by it, but shows how savvy she is by turning it into material for an album, but mm-hmm. also like turning it into a game for her and a lover. Like that's feels weird to talk about a 19 year old and her lover, <laughs> but <laughs> I wish she was 45 so bad for the purposes of this conversation. Well, she will be one day. Yeah, Exactly. But I mean, I mean, it, it's complimentary because like it's it's really well done. I just like feel weird getting too deep into the weeds, <laughs> with the sexuality of it all. Like she conducts herself very maturely. I'm just not capable of it. Yeah. Yeah. We can give credit for something that we're not good at. Correct. Which is being mature adults. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We can give credit for that. Um, well, did you want to move on to my future? Another yeah. pick of yours? This... um. Yeah. So what was interesting to me about this one is it's, again, in its purest essence, how can you love somebody else if you don't love yourself? So it's a very important journey about where there's all this noise and all this external pressure coming. You have to maintain some sense of self. you got to hang on to your ego, as Brian Wilson would say. So how do you do that? And I think it's by falling in love with yourself and and planning for the future and thereby falling in love with your future self. So this whole thing is a tribute to where she's going and how excited she is for that and how that is more meaningful than just being in a relationship. So it's like when that uh, Haley Steinfeld chick did that uh, I Love Myself song or whatever, which Mm -hmm. was another like uncomfortable song to hear from a teenager. (laughs) I'm like, oh god, this is this is tough. This is rough. Um but like it's it's a valuable message like you got to fall in love with yourself before you're going to fall in love with anybody mm-hmm. else and it shows where her priorities are. They're on her because that's the only way she's going to survive this industry in this moment. Yes. And and it's I don't know. This is one of those ones as well where it's like there's some really interesting songwriting like when she says I'm just a mirror. You check your complexion to find your reflections all alone. I had to go. And it's just like these, just the wordplay that you don't really expect from somebody. Cause the, the, the 19 year olds that I know 
in what limited interaction I've had with them in the past few years. They're not capable of things like that. You know, they're just as dumb as I was in high school. You know, they can't all be Billie Eilish, I guess. Uh, but it's just like, where does it come from? You know, it's like, where, like, how long has she, has she always been this talented? And it just like took only until this point, or is this like a new thing for her in only the last couple of years? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I would be very interested where she like learned these songwriting chops from, because I think this is just about lyrically, just about as good as anything else that anybody 10 years older than her is doing. You know, it's just like a very, very interesting thing to always keep in mind how young she is in, in accomplishing this. Mm-hmm. Well, and like most 19 year olds in the industry, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but most of them are singing about how badly they want to fall in love or how badly they've been hurt by being in love. And this is the complete opposite. You go to verse two. I know supposedly I'm lonely now. No, I'm supposed to be unhappy without someone, but aren't I someone? I'd like to be your answer because you're so handsome. And she's like not singing to a guy that the handsome. I'd like to be your answer because you're so handsome. Like her handsome prospects for the future. She's Mm -hmm. singing to herself, keeping the focus on herself. Everyone thinks like, oh, you might be unhappy without a man. And like, is that the one thing missing from Billie Eilish's life? She's like, fuck no. I'm like way more than enough for myself. And that's what I want to focus on rather than some dumb dude and his stupid fucking haircut. Mm -hmm. He's going to come over here and bore me about his Magic the Gathering the Trading Card game (laughs) cards or whatever 19-year-old guys are doing these days. I don't know. I don't know if Magic the Gathering is uh, because I go go pretty often to go buy baseball cards and... uh, I, 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 there, nobody buys magic cards. They're always all still there. Yikes. I don't know if anybody's playing that game anymore. Well, then maybe it's vape cartridges or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, you pick pick whatever analogy you want for this. But yeah, it's just like I don't know. It, it, I I really don't know how much more credit I can give. Like and keep saying the same thing. So I'm gonna try to like come up with some other stuff to say i was just like kind of floored by how good the songwriting was and like again i think the music on a lot of on a lot of the stuff fell a little flat for me i don't know what i was really expecting but it just wasn't my favorite thing but it was very interesting i listened to the album four times i think which is more Mm -hmm. than i usually do and i think that's because it was so interesting to listen to it like it was so interesting to hear these perspectives from a point of view that i'm not familiar with haven't been in a long time, you know, and it, and I think it's I think it's a, a really I don't know I feel like it it helps bridge the gap a bit, you know, because I hate to admit being this much older, you know, I don't feel that old, but like I'm almost twice her age, you know, it's like I'm almost like I'm almost there, you know, so like to hear and relate to something that somebody that much younger than me has done, I'm like, well, how different are we really? Mm-hmm. And it probably says something about my maturity more than it says about hers. But, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a very I got the same feeling from that Olivia Rodrigo. I think maybe because they have found a way to tap into such common threads. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's not that they're they're not they're not trying to make me relate to a teenager. You know, they've just tapped into common human threads. And maybe they just found out how to do that at a very young age. It's pretty admirable. Well, and neither Sour nor Happier Than Ever, this album or the Olivia Rodrigo album, neither of them blew me the fuck away, but both of them 
fully engrossed me. So not being blown away is not a detriment. Mm-hmm. It just was like it's it's sounds we've heard before. Neither of them reinvented the wheel. It's what they did, as our old pal Clapton says. It's in the way that you use it. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy Clapton. Oh, better better balance the scales with a little Frank Zappa. <laughs> there it is. Got it in. Um, <laughs> but but. I didn't. I didn't need to be blown away. I needed to be engrossed. I needed to be um, um, drawn in by their stories, by the stories they had to tell, song by song, by what they were trying to get across with the album. I completely understood, and it's not. I didn't even have to like harken back to my days. They've gone through shit that is still relatable to me at 31 as it is to Olivia Rodrigo at 17 or Billie Eilish at 19. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, they've got a knack for tapping into that universality, and you don't have to do much more because it's gripping it's compelling like these were two very compelling albums so i i will say that sour is like honestly right now in the running for album of the year for me me too you know it's, you know because it's just it was completely out of nowhere at least for me i mean we heard driver's license we talked about that because it took over the fucking world yeah um and then the album came out and i certainly wasn't expecting something like that Mm-mm. like i don't know what i was expecting with how good driver's license was but you know i thought driver's license was gonna be like okay well maybe it's gonna be a call me maybe where it like is yep. just that perfect pure pop song and it's there for that moment in time but that's it you know just appreciate the shooting star while it's while it's in the sky but i really think you know sour came out and absolutely shattered those expectations for me so that one did blow me away not because i'd never heard music like that before but because it was so far from my expectation that it it honestly floored me that i was like i can't believe that i like am loving this album you know that Mm -hmm. that by what reason would a 34 year old man that lives in texas what things would i ever have in common with a teenager from california you know like if you're looking at things logically nothing but I guess that's why music is is great is because someone like Olivia Rodrigo can come out with an album like that and Billie Eilish can come out with an album like that. And in no other aspects of life am I going to have anything in common with either of them. But when they make music like this, it's just those threads, you know, that they pick those threads that are common for everybody and they just weave them together. And it's just a really, really, I don't know, I feel privileged, I guess to be able to still have experiences like that because a lot of people just put out a bunch of shit, you know, like some of the most famous bands in the world, the Foo Fighters have made a career on just putting out shit, you know, just stuff that's uninteresting. And I'm glad that there's still some people that are making some interesting things here with a lot left in the tank, you know, I mean, God willing and the Creek don't rise. We lost Aaliyah too young. So, you know, barring any kind of, horrible tragedy like that we've we've got two artists with a lot left in the tank i mean miley cyrus same thing like it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. to see what like these young women these women are coming up with um should we move on to the next song yes lost cause um this was my first pick on the album and it is and so i've been like looking i said i was like oh i think it's one single but it's like five singles there's several They've, they they've released out, a lot yeah. of yeah. They've released several, so I was wrong on that. Hand up. Um, but this one was 
like kind of gave me those bad guy vibes maybe because she talks about being an outlaw mm-hmm. you know it's like i know you think you're such an outlaw but you ain't got no job like that's just that was just kind of funny to me you know it was like there's very very personal lyrics before this where it's like talking about her and you know convincing herself that she's enough and you know all these things that she's had to struggle with growing up that fast but then you get to this to lost cause and she's just talking shit you know and i i thought that was really good because i was like okay she's got some arrows in the quiver that she's going to aim at other people instead of herself you know and i thought i was like everybody's catching hands on this album and i really really like this song oh definitely i mean it's it's her no scrubs you know what i mean Mm -hmm. not like poppy like that but it's the same sentiment where it's like she's not taking this freeloading douchebag that she seems to be like genuinely sweet on but he can't get his shit together he can't hold a job he's bumming off of her and she's just kind of feeling used and fed up with it so instead of like internalizing that and being like why wasn't i enough she's just like not even angry about it either she's just like whatever fuck it I don't care. Like, there's that mm-hmm. line. Where is it? Where is that line? Um, okay, verse two. I think you used to be... Sh- uh, I used to think you were shy, but maybe you just had nothing on your mind. Yeah. Maybe you were thinking about yourself all the time. I used to wish you were mine, but that was way before I realized that someone like you would always be so easy to find. I mean, goddamn, put him in a body bag. He has <laughs> yeah. X's for eyes. The man is dead. <laughs> that the man is him. dead he was broken in half yeah that that to me uh, you know it's just i think that's why this album was overall so interesting to me is because you go from a song like my future and then you have a song like lost cause where it's you know this like self-empowerment into like being that petty like person that's talking shit so it's like you know, I, I think it just because it has so many different human emotions and she represents them all so authentically. There's that our favorite dirty word, authenticity. <laughs> you know, I think that's a big part of why this is so successful is because it doesn't ever feel like she's coming from a place she doesn't know about. You know, and, and if she is tr- coming from a place she doesn't know about, she admits that. And the reason for her exploring that is so that she can get to know about that. You know, and I think that honesty and that authenticity is a big reason why this is such a strong statement as a sophomore album. You know, I think artists like this are, this is where they differentiate themselves from the ones that just are going to be a flash in the pan when, when, when the history books are written, you know, and I, I hope that she continues to build on this and that she doesn't just stick with this sound for her next album, that she just takes this and adds to it. And the next one adds to that. And the next one adds to that. I mean, she's probably got, if she decides to probably got at least another 15 years of being like on the forefront of pop music, if she decides to, and then she can have the rest of her life starting in her mid thirties to just do whatever the hell she wants. Mm -hmm. She'll be set for life. Just do concerts forever. You know, if she ever feels like reinventing herself, she has earned the right to do that with the advance from this album or from the, her first album to this one. And I, I just think songs like this, remind you enough of that first album with songs like bad guy that you're like, Oh, this is still Billie Eilish, but she's added in all this new stuff too. And it's like, you get a chance to see in real time, the advancement of this talent. And it's a really, it's like when I'm watching baseball, it's like 
starting to pay attention to a guy in the ma- in the minor leagues and then seeing him start to get some success in the majors. It's like you watch those skills get added and you watch them grow and get stronger. And, and all of a sudden, you know, they're on top of the world. They're one of the best players in the world. And I feel like that's the kind of progression we're seeing from some of these young people right now. Mm -hmm. I think it's really pretty cool. That was like Phoebe Bridgers for me and also Caroline Rose, but the pandemic really cut Caroline Rose off at the nuts. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Like she was, she was just on, I think, Late night with Seth Myers. Yeah. Like there was a lot of buzz. She's getting blue check verified. Like she's she was starting to pick up some steam. Yep. I had tickets to see her at Music Hall of Williamsburg. And then the world came crashing down. The that concert date alone got rescheduled like nine times. It's mm-hmm. scheduled for October of this year now. Like, what the fuck? So unfortunately I think it dogged a little bit of her momentum. But it you're right. It's very compelling to watch somebody from on the come up. And it's hopefully a, a long and storied one and, and not something with a lot of valleys. Yes. Well, um, we'll move on yeah. to your power. How are we doing on time here? Oh, yeah. See, we yeah, we we filled up the time. We knew we were yeah. going to be able to do that. We love hearing ourselves talk. We knew we could do it. We're buzzing, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um. So your power is, I think, an, a song that I think you absolutely, after this episode, everybody should go listen to because I think... You know, she's saying some things. She's speaking for some people here. You know, I don't think she's just speaking for herself. I think mm-hmm. she's kind of accepting that mantle that it seems always gets forced on famous women is to speak for all women. And I think any anybody famous other than white men generally get, get asked to speak for their group and represent more than the, just themselves, even though they never ask for that. And I think this is her response. You know, it sounds like she's got a very specific person or maybe a few people that she's talking about in this one. And I got to wonder who those might be um, just because the, the language seems to be very specific. You know, it, it just like somebody abusing their power against someone that doesn't have as much of it, you know? And I think that, you know, obviously that's the kind of the gist behind the song, but there's so, there's so many specific things that I wonder who it is she's talking about. I I wonder too, but like that person, I think better hope we don't ever find out. Cause like you see in verse one, she said, you were a hero. You played the part, but you ruined her in a year. Don't act like it was hard. And you swear you didn't know. No wonder why you didn't ask. She was sleeping in your clothes, but now she's got to get to class. This is like, sorry to use the R word, but this is about statutory rape. Like, Mm -hmm. This was a teenager and someone, whoever this was, even if this is like a composite character, like had an inappropriate relationship with this fucking teenager who like maybe thought she was going into it willingly. But guess what? Doesn't work that fucking way. They say like children cannot give consent and it's I'm not trying to infantilize a teenager, but it this there was a specific power dynamic to this relationship f- from what we can assume. You know, if it was someone else her age, like that's potentially even more fucked up because look what this kid, he's 17 and he's already gaslighting at a fucking 38 year old level. So, I mean, it, it, it sounds like she went through some pretty dicey shit here. Yes. And so I looked it up, like I looked up the little blurb, um, 
So apparently there was speculation it was about this guy named Q, aka Seven Amp, something maybe. Um, and apparently he's a, a rapper or something, or a rapper and songwriter from LA. But apparently she dated him when he, when she was sixteen. So there's like speculations about him, but she's come out and said that it isn't. Oh, okay. But it seems like he was a bit older than she was at that time, so it would kind of make sense that that's who it was about. But she said no, probably to save him for herself from having to deal with a public feud. Um, but I don't know. It, it sounds like the timelines would match up for this. Well, I guess maybe it's not explicitly sexual in the verse, but it. I mean... So maybe like, oh, yeah, she slept over at a 22-year-old's house and mm-hmm. borrowed a T-shirt. It's like, yeah, that still crosses a line, too. Like, maybe not legally, but definitely, like, morally and ethically. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, she's being extremely candid here and, and playing with fire. And it's, again, that brutal honesty, letting people know the reality of her life, what she's been through, what she goes through on a daily basis – and what she hopes is coming ahead for her, mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking bold. She doesn't she doesn't hide behind the music and the production and the experimentation and just fart out a bunch of stuff that she can keep her distance from. She put herself into this. Yeah. And and I, I can appreciate that because I think, you know, obviously we just saw the former governor now of New York, Andrew Cuomo, just had to resign because of the situations that he was putting women in. Um, and you know, I, I hope that more of these things kind of come out because I think it can only, you know, you see the roaches when you turn the lights on, right. You know, and I think, I think the lights need to be turned on and I think songs like this one are how you do that. You know, I think if there's somebody that's, that's a super creep, you know, they need to be outed for it. You know, it reminded me of when, I don't know if you ever remember hearing of the, the relationship between Drake and Millie Bobby Brown the girl from stranger things and how they had like a texting relationship when she was oh, like yeah. 14 years old or something. I mean, young, young. And it's like a grown man. Like when you see them out at industry events and things like that, sure. Talk to them. If they have questions for you, like fine, you know, give them advice there. But like having a personal relationship with someone that young just doesn't seem to me to be that a, a responsible thing. You know, and and whatever your intentions might be, you have to understand how that looks and how that younger person who is very impressionable is going to see that relationship. You know, and you are just as responsible at that point. If they are not an adult, you are just as responsible for how they're feeling about a situation as how you are feeling about that situation. Like you, you own that responsibility if you are putting a child into that situation. And I think whether you're 19 years old or 30, like Drake was, you know, you have a much deeper pool of life experience to draw from that you should know better than to have situations like that occurring. And I think songs like that are what it's going to take, unfortunately, for people to understand. And and I think it's going to honestly become extinct. You know, that sort of behavior goes away. If it does go away, it's going to be because of fear of backlash, not because they really feel like it's a wrong thing to do. It's just going to be eradicated because, you know, they don't want to get caught doing it. You know, and I think that's not necessarily a great solution for it because you'd hope that the mentality behind it would change. But 
you know, I, I don't know. As long as it stops, I guess, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, I suppose. But, you know, it's like that sort of situation. It's like, it's, it's kind of gross to hear about it. You know, that she was, that she feels like she has to make a song about it, that it made that much of an impression on her that a few years later, she made a song about it on an album that she knows is going to be scrutinized heavily. Like what kind of impression did that situation make on her that it had to make it on this album? You know, and and it's just, I don't know. Again, it brings up that question I had is like, what caused these kids these days to grow up that quickly? You know, and like, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that, but damn, like they did. And I mean, I'm glad they're getting it out in their art, but it's really kind of haunting to hear that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to uh, cruise into NDA? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, So NDA, uh, my last pick for the album. And this is one where I was talking about being into that lo-fi kind of music and those like kind of slow and low beats. This one. This one was the one that I really, really enjoyed listening to. Um, This was one that I've listened to the album, what I say, like four times, something like that. I've listened to this Mm -hmm. song probably like 10 times. Because it's just like one of the, it just grooves, you know, and I think this is one that I, you know, maybe not the strongest lyrics, you know, maybe not the like most in-depth thing. This is, we're not probably going to look back on this one and think this is Billie Eilish's like finest artistic statement, but God damn, is it a fun song to listen to? It's a fun song to listen to. And I would actually push back a little bit on the idea that the lyrics aren't engrossing because I'm looking at the first verse and again, paints that perfect picture Did you think I'd show up in a limousine? Had to save money for security. Got a stalker walking up and down the street. Says he's Satan and he'd like to meet. Bought a secret house when I was 17. Haven't had a party since I got the keys. Had a pretty boy over, but he couldn't stay. On his way out, made him sign an NDA. (laughs) This idea that she's got the money, she's got the cool house, she's 17, she can ball out at this awesome house. She should theoretically be rolling around in a limousine, having the time of her life, but she can't even have a guy over and hang out with him without being monitored. He can't stay the night, and he has to sign a non-disclosure agreement when he leaves. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Derek Jeter's Fruit Basket. Like, <laughs> yeah. So she talks about all the reality day to day. You have to have private security because she's probably got multiple stalkers or at least has received multiple crazy overtures from fans. And, mm-hmm. You know, no one knows where she lives, and you have to make sure that no one tells, so I'm sure that's part of the NDA. Like, it's such a tightly controlled, claustrophobic existence when she should be living it up and enjoying the fruits of her success. But like you said, the age in which we live, she is totally exposed. Mm-hmm. If this was the fucking 80s, she could probably get away with it. But today, she has a fucking target on her back. And I can't imagine what that's like to be 19 and feel that way. No, but I will say we got to wrap this one up. So I will say, go and listen to this song. It's a goddamn bop. And in general stream this album, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. If you've liked our other recommendations, if you liked sour by Olivia Rodrigo and statistically a lot of you did go ahead and listen to this album. Cause I think you're going to like it. And especially if you've already liked what Billie Eilish did before this, I think you're getting 
a lot more of it here, just a little slightly tweaked version, you know, just a slightly aged version of it, you know, and I think it's very, very good. Full-throated endorsement from me. You can access this if you're a first-time Billie Eilish listener. You will still really enjoy this if you're a long-time Billie Eilish fan. I think it's got something for everyone, and maybe you can't directly relate to having private security and to being whisked around by a team and having to steal kisses and glances in hallways of hotels where you use an alias. Maybe you can't directly relate to that, but that's the point of this album is empathy. She's trying to key you in on what she's going through. Mm -hmm. So the next time you try to take shit all over her for something she said at 19 or some way that she dressed that offended you, maybe you'll take a step back and realize, oh, her existence is not the box of fluffy fucking ducks that I've always assumed it to be. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm the asshole. So listen to this album and gain a little perspective. Stream it. Yes. Yes. Two stream it's good album. Go check it out. By the time you hear this on Monday, there will be another singles video out. So make sure you go to YouTube. You search hashtag out on that line. You'll find that singles video if you haven't already watched it. We tweet those links out on all our socials. So you'll find us on Instagram, at out on that line. You'll find us on Twitter, at out on that line one. You can even email us. If you want that link personally sent to you, I will do it. Email us, out on that line at gmail.com. I will send you that link and I will send you every other one if you send us an email. If you write us a nice little love note, we might even read it on the air. In fact, we will read it on the air. If you write us a hate note, we will read it on the air, and then we will write one back to you live on the air. I promise you that. This is an out on that line promise. Alex, do you have anything else this week? Not a goddamn thing, Jeff. No. Okay, until next time. 